What's up, beautiful people? You are listening to Just Press Foreplay Podcast. My name is Susie, and I have a really fun episode for you. So, I was contacted by an artist who did a project called How Many Times I Masturbated in 2020. Now, I know what everyone's thinking right off. Like, there's a lot of ways that this could go, but he put so much thought into creating this project. Um, I was amazed. And at the moment, because of the conditions of 2020, obviously, there wasn't really a venue or a place that was able to showcase this type of work. And also, obviously, being in the field of erotica and working with sexual arts, that in itself always creates a, you know, bigger boundary on being able to openly create discussion around the topic. But that is why we have podcasts and that is why it is a beautiful thing when people come together when artists come together and we're able to talk about these really interesting and fun things so ben created how many times i masturbated in 2020 and it is almost like a follow-along google calendar so you can see the entire year you can poke around and play with the dates and see what videos he watched and then he also made sure after every time to use that moment for creativity. And it's a really beautiful project, and if you're interested in seeing all of the details of it, I highly encourage you to reach out to Ben directly, and the best way to do that is going to be on Instagram. So I will put a link to his Instagram handle in the comments below. It's going to be Ben underscore R underscore artist. So you can send him a DM, and he will get you set up on being able to look at the project. But for now... A little teaser you guys can listen to um our take on the project and just a really great conversation we got to have with him i hope you all enjoy and as always don't forget to like subscribe follow us leave us comments communicate with us in the emails whatever you want to do we're here for you all right i love you enjoy hi susie hi patrick hey thanks for reaching out by the way um i always love when people contact me and are interested in being on the episode so yeah, no worries. It's like a really cool uh, thing that you guys are doing. Cool. Yeah, no, it's a cool thing you're doing too. I'm excited for today's episode. All right. So let me, well, first of all, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit just so people who are listening kind of have an idea of what you do? You have a pretty impressive background. Yeah, I was, just, I was looking at your all of your exhibitions and your publications of media, and that is a very impressive list. <laughs> well, thanks. I'm glad that uh, glad that you think so. Uh, it doesn't feel very impressive, but um, yeah, my name's Ben Robinson. Um, I'm from Indiana. I'm a visual artist, primarily working with photography, but often mixing media. And yeah, my work oftentimes deals with um, sexual sexuality, um, the erotic, and how those um, things interact with our society in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell, I guess. Were you always kind of like headed in this direction or what put you on the path towards more sexuality and like these kind of constructs that society has created for us? Yeah. So let's just fucking dive right into it. Oh, can I test <laughs> by the way? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, cool. Um, so I grew up in a very conservative um, household um, where things like sex and sexuality was just like not talked about and was not something that was, yeah, open to 
to discussion was something that was hidden away, looked on as like shameful. And so I really think that that is a huge part of why a lot of my work, you know, started creating more erotic artworks in college when I was kind of out of that space and and all of a sudden had all this freedom and a space uh, where I could talk about this with other artists uh, and in a serious way and um, not in a way that would bring shame or whatever on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, I think that that is a huge part of why my work kind of leans in that direction. I always find it so interesting with people who come from more conservative backgrounds like that and the past that they do end up on. Because one of our other podcasts, we were talking with a guy from Barbados and, and very similar situation. Uh-huh. He was raised in a very conservative family. And, and even for myself, my parents never really talked about sex, very religious. And now here I am doing a podcast about sex <laughs> and talking to people about sex. And it's like, it's so crazy how these were, were almost tried to forced to like stay away from it. And through that, it naturally brings out our own curiosity. Yeah. No, Do you it's have totally... like, was there like one moment in time where you were like, this is it, this is what I want to do? Or was it more of like a gradual process? Um, I would say it was fairly gradual. Um, I think some of them first, well, actually, I guess that's that's not true. Maybe um, when I was in my sophomore year of college, I studied abroad in uh, France for a little bit. And um, there would be like uh, in the hotel lobby, there would be like magazines that had like naked people in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? This is crazy. You know, like, that's not was, normal here. Last that is not normal. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, is anybody else seeing this? I was like, I was like stealing the magazines from the hotel lobby because I was like, this is insane. Uh, free free porn (laughs) it's mine it's all mine (laughs) yeah and 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 also like billboards you know there would be like maybe not to the same degree but like still way more than than what we see in the U.S. and so I was really struck by that and how that how different that was and and that was my first really inkling that like hey not everyone everywhere is terrified of sex and all things sexual. It's really just in the U S and like some smaller countries, but you're right. When you go to Europe, it's such a different thing. I was reading a post about um, a woman who went over there and she's like, Oh, everybody's topless on the beach and it's just normal. It's okay. (laughs) And I'm I'm not like being a rebellion. I'm not being a feminist. I'm just another body on the beach. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. They have a totally different viewpoint and, um, so I would say that's probably what really that what first inspired me to create more um, artwork dealing with the human body mm-hmm. and sexuality and things like this and being open about it and trying to to start discussions about these topics that are mm-hmm. so taboo in our society. Can you can you explain to us a little bit more about like the process that you process that you've gone through through the last like year, year and a half. Cause you were telling us that you had a Google calendar. Can you explain uh-huh. that to us a little more? Yeah. So, um, this series I did, um, in 2020, 
uh, I'm calling it how many times I masturbated in 2020 <laughs> because it's literally uh, kind of almost like a scientific look. I like to call it scientific. It's definitely not scientific. It's scientific for me. As I mean, it's research you're, based. You're, you're yeah. testing a hypothesis. Yeah. Testing a hypothesis, <laughs> gathering data. Um, so basically what I did is I, uh, every time I masturbated in 2020 from, you know, January 1st to December 30th, um, I documented it. So I recorded the time, uh, how long, what I was jacking off to. And then I also, um, used it as, uh, a, a moment to create. Um, mm -hmm. to, to make some kind of artwork. And then I, I compiled all of that into a Google calendar. So um, there's events for every time I masturbated in, in this calendar from uh, the beginning of 2020 until the end. Did you, did you have like conversations with anyone before starting this project? <laughs> like, do you think it's a good idea? Should I do this? Like, what was your, your thought process on getting it going? That's, I probably should uh, do that more, but really like when I set my mind to something, I really like it to be kind of pure, especially yeah. in kind of the beginning stages, or I don't want it to be tainted by um, somebody else's, yes, <laughs> by opinions, by somebody else's vision for it, you know, like, so that it, so that it really comes from, from me, right? And yeah, no all your creators. That's really cool. Yeah. That is cool. How did you pick which kind of porn you were going to watch? Um, so that was just, you know, what I liked. I, I really tried to be um, like as, as honest and transparent as I could. Like I tried not to, you know, um, like pretend like audience. I lasted. <laughs> pretended like I lasted longer than I did or something or like, right. Or watch something <laughs> uh, that doesn't actually interest you. Right. Exactly. So it was really, I, and also on top of that, like I really tried to, um, whenever I had the, the impulse to jack off that, that I would, that I would do it. And mm -hmm. I tried to not let the fact that there was now a lot more steps and a lot more work that went into jacking off. Uh, you know, like setting up camera in some cases, setting up lights, you know, thinking about remember copying the link, saving that, uh, checking the time, all of that stuff. I tried to let not let um, the fact that it was kind of like work uh, prevent me from from jacking off if that's what I wanted to do so that it was kind of as much as it can be, it's still an artificial, very obvious. I'm very aware of the fact that I'm presenting myself to the world. Um, so that's definitely changes it. But as, as much as I could, I tried to be truthful. I tried to be honest and, and in the ways and tried to be vulnerable in ways like that were actually really difficult um, because this project, yeah, it's like super intimate. Right. And yeah, and vulnerable and vulnerable and um there's this like you know taking pictures of of my 
like most unborn babies private <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly my these most intimate private moments um and you know I was trying not to like but I did notice that I I struggled like um showing my whole dick like or um like all oh, that like I, I need to get a little bit harder like to take this picture so my dick doesn't look small or something like that yeah which is this like totally fucked up thing it's like your own in, things popping in yeah, yeah ingrained yeah it's ingrained in us as like a society that like men have to have big dicks so like if i'm taking pictures of my dick it needs to look good it needs to look big like um so it was interesting battling with those things as the as i was doing the project did you find like as you were progressing through the project that you were able to let go of more of that or did it get a little bit more pressure? I think I was able to get, um, I don't know if I got rid of it, but I think mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, this is this, I'm doing this. This is what I want to do. And if I'm, I'm just going to do it. And mm-hmm. you know, if I, if I decide after that, like, I'm not going to show anybody this project, that's fine. But I'm going to create it. I'm going to be honest as, as much as I can. And I'm going to create the finished product that I want. Right. Yeah. Did you create the whole project before posting it or did you post as you went along? As I went along. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So the, the idea is that then, um, you know, the audience, so could get access to this Google calendar, um, and they can explore through the year, um, so it's kind of like an, a little bit interactive with the audience where they can say they can take a look. They can spend a lot of time uh, looking at every time that I jacked off or they can just kind of glance through. They can really dive in and see like what it was I was masturbating to, how long it took me, where I was. They can um, kind of like a choose your own adventure. How how much do you want to be involved in the um right the project That's fun. yeah it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah because it's it's almost like like a camming site like chatterbait or something like that but it's but it's so much more intimate and so much more different and you actually have to like schedule it and pay attention well and it plays uh-huh. in the psychological realm because so many things change over the course of a year with people's tastes with people's interests with all of that yeah. so like did you see that change at all in like the porn you were selecting or yeah, definitely. Like, um, I could tell that. So, so 2020, like everything was, was fucked up. Everybody was home all the time. And so like, <laughs> um, I was jacking off. I feel like quite a lot. Uh, probably most people were, um, <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I think that I would, I would get like bored if I just did the same thing. So like really 2020, like before that, I didn't really do a whole lot of like, um, cam sites. Like when I would jack up, usually it was just like, uh, Pornhub, get it done, get off. But like 2020, uh, I, I noticed that I like experimented a little bit more. Definitely noticed that like the more as the year went on, I was looking at different uh different things you know trying out different genres uh and stuff experimenting i guess 
Was there anything that like surprised you that you stumbled on where you were like, whoa, not for me. <laughs> wow. Didn't know that existed. <laughs> <sighs> or did you not- kind of just keep it like, you know, cause that's, I don't know. I feel like for a project, I guess if, if you're not interested in diving down that, you don't really want to shock your uh, <laughs> audience with your project of something. <laughs> yeah. No, there's nothing too crazy. I mean, um, probably like hentai would be the, quote unquote, craziest or strangest uh, thing. But no, like I'm pretty. pretty the hentai, the hentai Nella, can get super weird sometimes too. Oh yeah, Japanese definitely. have quite an imagination. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and you, if you go and look back at some of the erotica from like a long time ago, there's some crazy stuff. And I love doing that, looking at porn from like, you know, the 19th century or something, the 18th century and seeing like, okay, yeah, like we're not the first horny people. Like these people were horny as shit too. It's almost like we were designed to have sex with each other or something. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Who'd have have thought? (laughs) The other thing I was curious about, because I, I, when I was younger, if, if I spent a lot of time watching porn, I noticed that I would like more frequently get those urges. Did you notice throughout your project since you were like feeding off those urges and playing to them, did you notice that they would happen more often at all? That's, uh, that's interesting. Um, no, not really. I, I think that, um, I, I think it stayed fairly consistent. Um, I'm trying to think back like, Cause I can, I can look back. Right. And I can even yeah. count and see how many times, but it, it was fairly, uh, you know, month to month, fairly similar. Um, yeah. I don't think that it, it really increased a lot. That's good. Cause I feel like a, a huge argument in porn is that it's addictive. And so if you watch it, then you're mm. going to keep watching it and then you're down the landslide. And I'm like, there's, right. you know, people are, people, people are smart. Like we can figure out when we're diving deep. Yeah, exactly. I I feel like with porn, I feel like the addiction comes more from the feeling of like getting away from getting away with something or like hiding something or than it is actually watching the porn. Cause like we have a relationship where she's always been like, dude, watch porn. I watch porn. It's okay. I don't care. And so it's like taking that stigma away versus you have these relationships where it's like, don't ever watch porn. And then what were you doing in the room by yourself? Yeah, Why exactly, wasn't I invited? Exactly. Nothing. I wasn't doing anything. And then it creates this whole perception of negativity around it. And I feel like that's yeah. where the addiction comes from more than the actual watching of porn. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I noticed something similar. And like, do you mind if I ask you a question? No, go for it. Please. So when you masturbate, do you let the other person know or do you like go off and like kind of do it in a private space or do it in common space or how does that work? <laughs> I'm defend. I'm so bad. I will just come out and be like, hi, I'm here. Here's my vibrator. I'm going to play with myself. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. I also know that like, I'm not like a lot of people. So yeah. yeah, I, I, you know, I've, I've jacked off next to her while she's asleep because it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you're not going to wake up and chance of me getting a blowjob or you let me stick it in you <laughs> pretty minimal right now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's because I noticed like, I, I, I'm married and I have like masturbated like with my wife, just like in the room doing her own thing. And I noticed that, yeah, the privacy aspect of it is like, 
is for me, I, I enjoy that. Like I like to be like in another room, like in the bathroom or somewhere where it's like just me. Um, worry what anyone's thinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what what that's about, but that, it, that, that, that was something interesting that I found like, yeah, we're totally open. It's like not a problem, but I did notice that I felt like uh, being in my own kind of space, space because it, it felt like it felt like kind of kind of like a ritual almost. Um, that's something that I noticed as I was working on this project, too. Like, you know, you've got the. All right, so I got to grab my computer. I got to grab my headphones. Um, got to get like the lotion or whatever. You got to pull up. Yeah, get comfy. Find find a video or whatever that looks good. Okay, searching, searching. These ones aren't good. Okay, weed down and get find one that's just right. And uh, yeah, so it's like it, it had these like steps, and then there was like the cleanup steps too which I tried to document with the series too, because I feel like that's something that um, is interesting. And also def- okay. like maybe some artwork deals with like masturbation, but very little deals with the cleanup or the like reality of it. Like, okay, I've got, no, that's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Oh. There's never the before and after. Right. Especially so, like, the I've after got- you come on her titties and then end scene. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so I tried to get some photos. Like the very first one is like me, uh washing my hands with like cum all over my hands and um (laughs) so yeah I tried to to document that kind of stuff too but it's not really like a documentary like it is in a lot of ways but then in a lot of ways like I took complete creative liberties with making these images like some are photoshopped some are multiple images combined um yeah, yeah, we I, saw that they're all very creative and it was cool because looking through them, like at first I was a little worried because I was like, oh, God, like photos of someone like <laughs> masturbating. What are we going to get into? But they're uh-huh. so artistic and you can tell that thought went into like how it would look and and what message you're trying to send. Yeah. yeah. What, what really got me was your pornograms. Because at at first you see them and you're like, okay, these are really cool. But then you like actually look in closer and you're like, that's a bunch of dicks and pussies. (laughs) Wow. That's fucking cool. Yeah. How how did you come up with that idea or think to take like pictures and stuff out of magazines and imprint them on each other? Yeah. So, so the, the series that uh, you're referencing just for everybody um, is my thesis project in college. I, it's called pornograms and I, took um i scanned images from porn magazines created a collage uh from that collage i then created an actual negative uh, by putting transparency paper on top of the collage and then coloring it in with markers um and then taking that negative into the dark room and contact printing it uh to create the final image And I would have never thought to that you would do anything (laughs) like that. Yeah, I as far as like how the process evolved, um, I really liked this this idea of going from print, going from uh, magazines to digital to the digital space, back to uh, a physical negative and finally a physical print 
but it's like the old school negative, right? Not uh, old school printing, not. Um, no, this is you're going into a dark room print. and playing with chemicals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I did photography in high school, so I'm, I'm very familiar with the process. Right. Um, yeah. But that's that's just astounding. And this was three years before you had the idea for what you did last year. Do you think yeah. this had any impact of leading you towards wanting to do a project that was more intimate and more personalized? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I kind of opened up this door into working with porn and uh, like sexuality and talking about these, talking about masturbation, talking about looking at porn. Um, so yeah, I think that that definitely led me to where I am now. And, um, and, and is part of the reason why I felt okay. Right. If I hadn't done that series, maybe this would have been too big of a step might've been too personal to, uh, I don't know, too explicit for me. Um, but yeah, I think that series helped. And so what's actually interesting about the series is they're, they're photographic, uh, but they're also not right. They're right. kind of painterly almost the way yeah. they, they come together. Um, so they're black and white and they've got all these kind of interesting lines um, and, and forms that kind of morph into one another. So when you're close, uh, it's kind of just these different tones that kind of mix and meld together. And then as you get further and further away, maybe you see, uh, yeah, a dick or a vagina or somebody blowing somebody else or whatever, uh, porn stuff. Yeah, so it's this like, <laughs> those things this, they like, do in the movies. Erotic. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, exactly. I'm curious. So Susie and I were having this conversation this morning before we hopped on the audio, and we we're trying to define the word porn. What mm. what does porn or erotica mean to you? Oh, that's a really good uh, question. I think because I think that porn is art. So if we define, let's first define art as some kind of media that evokes uh, an emotional or intellectual response. That's exactly what porn does, right? It's meant to make us feel something. Um, And so when I was creating the Pornogram series, that's something that I was thinking about a lot is like art, porn is art. Like why is this, this form of art so like, um, you know, looked down upon or, or taboo or whatever. Um, and yeah, so, so porn, yeah, like that is really hard to define because like, you can't say something that somebody jacks off to because people jack off to everything. Like, (laughs) Well, and then you get into the concept of like on on Reddit, they have like earth porn and gun porn and rural porn and all these different kinds of porn. And so like ruin porn, food porn. Yeah. yeah. Like what is that distinction between sexual artwork and just looking at the beautiful aesthetics and sensual parts of different things that we interact with in the world? Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a that's a cool definition. (laughs) Just kind of came out. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. You're just naturally genius. Like <laughs> Your genius is showing. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because the first definition that we looked up 
uh, for porn brought up pornographic and it was talking about how it's the like sensual observation of something non-sexual essentially. Hmm. And so we were trying to debate like, okay, well, so if porn really is this horrible thing that society makes it out to be, where is that line that draws from art to just bashing someone's cock down some lady's throat in the middle of the woods? <laughs> yeah. Finding those lines is like something that art and porn have in common, right? Because you could ask, you could be asking the same questions about art. Like when does um, somebody accidentally making a mark on a piece of paper go from just that to an artwork, you know? Right. Um, or when does, you know, a toilet become an artwork from just being placed on the wall to being placed on its side in a gallery, you know, what is, what is art, right? What <laughs> defines that? Like those lines are impossible to define. And that's why those, these things are amazing. So like porn art can be anything. Art is like whatever you say art is to you, you know? And, and I think maybe porn is kind of like that too. Like porn can be, yeah. Some lady eating French fries in a bathtub, or it can be like, some really cool pictures of old buildings, right? Ruined porn, you know? So I don't know. Maybe it's up to each individual person to define what porn is to them. I agree with that. Cause right now, like the thing that I'm debating with, with all of this conversation about porn is how, again, we're bringing in the shame factor to it. If you watch uh -huh. porn, you're ruining your brain. You're doing all of these things. And it's like, well, Porn isn't necessarily doing that to you. It's your outlook on porn that's doing that to you. It's your yes. daily habits to porn. It's your interaction with it. It's everything that yes. you're feeding into it. So it's not necessarily the porn that's bad. Well, yes, and exactly. I wonder how much of that is based off of like the type of porn that you watch too. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, because there's a huge range. Yeah. And I was watching uh, recently on Netflix, I was watching the the Hot Girls Wanted uh, documentary. And um, it's funny because that kind of set the precedent for the porn that we all know because it was created, you know, like producer style, like this is what we're going to put out there. Um, Not necessarily this is what people want. This is just what we're going to put out there. And then so now so many people have this contorted visual of porn being aggressive, being degrading women. And it, it, I agree that all of that is awful. And if you can like consciously watch that and recognize that like, oh, this is a girl who got paid to come into this room, but didn't really know what she was in for mm -hmm. that type of porn consciously, I feel like is not great. And if you're always going for that, then yeah, I can understand that being degrading to your brain and all of that stuff. But like, we can't just forming habits of aggression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like, we can't um, just tell people like, no, it's just all bad because there are right. very beautiful, sensual aspects to porn that aren't that way. Yeah, definitely. Well, especially when you get more into like the classified, like erotic versus, mm -hmm. versus actual, just like what we think of in society, society as porn today. Um, being an art history major, have you ever gone back and like looked at when the flip happened? Because like when you said when you're in Europe, they had magazines that were just like new new magazines. Playboy's been around forever. Do you mm. think there was a point or when do you think the point in history was when it flipped from being like art to just like a more of a form of control? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but 
if you you go you can go like way back like the japanese especially have some crazy cool uh erotica artworks um that are you know probably like i'm not going to guess a date because i'll be completely wrong and then you'll have to edit that out <laughs> but uh <laughs> like really old woodblock prints you know of of crazy erotic stuff happening mm -hmm. um so it's it's been you know this is not something new this has been like around for a long time as far as when it's switched from like being more accepted to being not i mm -hmm. have no idea yeah, it's interesting because the, the japanese i i've seen old 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 books from like the 18th 17th century of like their original porn Mm. it's definitely not anything what it's like today but it's still cool no. to see how long it's really been around well i feel like yeah. they had a lot of like bdsm practices that weren't really talked about too so like isn't that shown a little bit in their porn yeah, yeah. i feel like japanese porn tends to be a little bit more on the aggressive side um mm -hmm. but their culture is so interesting because it's so different the, the japanese are just like of their own kind of like design they've always been separate from the world so the things that they've right. done and created have always been so off the wall yeah maybe that's what isolation does to you being on an island <laughs> <laughs> but but that gives you like a really fresh look at like okay so this is not something that's innately human right it's just something that because we've had all these influences these cultural influences forced upon us from birth that we never even question Mm -hmm. like it's not always not all humans are bred to like you know or to uh hate the same things right 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 so of your projects that you've done because you have there's like six of them on here all of them are super interesting which one's been your your like favorite one to put together oh, oh. um honestly like the pornograms was a lot of fun because I love I love working in the dark room, like the magic that happens there when your your image starts to show on the paper is like it feels so cool. It's such a, cool, well, you, such you, a good feeling. Were, were yeah. you unsure if it would actually like turn out how you thought too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to do a lot of experimenting, like because this process or technique, like there's no I mean, I'm sure somebody has done something similar, but like I, I didn't have any guidance as far as like, oh, you need to use this color to get this effect. Um, so I, it was a lot of testing and trying and um, printing and then reprinting till I got it exactly the way you want. Yeah, because you don't know when you expose it to light if you need more you know, light, less light. If you're yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, there's a, there's exactly. a lot of things that can go wrong in a light room or in a dark room. It definitely takes a lot of experimentation. Remember, we did black and white in high school mm -hmm. and some of them come out way too dark and you're like, crap, I need to find the negative and start that all over again. Some of them just yeah. completely get blown out. Yeah. And so finding that right balance of of having shadows and contrast and blacks and whites without one being overexposed or underexposed is an extreme challenge in a dark room. Yeah. But it and it's but it's so captivating, like something about it for me is is meditative, like you're in just in the dark. It's usually quiet, maybe some running water and you're just you're creating and you're making and that feels so good.
Um, and and back to um, back to my masturbation series. How many times I masturbated in 2020? Part of what really sparked that interest, that connection for me between like jacking off and creation is the impulse to create feels very similar to me as the impulse like when you get horny and you need to come yeah right it's like you just need to you need to get this thing out and you Mm -hmm. need to to create you need to make something and so that's why that's part of why uh part of the inspiration for this series is like oh that's so interesting how these two things are so connected are not connected but feel very similar no they they are extremely connected when you start going into like eastern practices and you start studying like the chakras and stuff our creative chakra is our sexual chakra it's that Uh second one um Mm -hmm. so they are completely intertwined with one another and i feel like that's why there's a lot of artists who will go on like sexual abstinences to boost their creativity um, and I'm sure there's vice versa. Did you notice like after you jacked off, did you ever lose creativity or did it cause any change in emotions for you? Yeah, uh, I definitely noticed that like, I would feel lazy, right? Like I set up all this stuff and I was like, okay, now I gotta, now I gotta take the picture. Like, ah, oh. <laughs> and like, <laughs> just, ah, oh, like I just, just shooting a bunch yeah exactly just shooting a bunch and be like ah these are all out of focus but you know what fuck it like that's just where i am right now i'm i'm out of focus so it's good enough (laughs) (laughs) well how cool for that expression to come out through that because you're not focused and your photos aren't coming out focused so it kind of like goes hand in hand i think that's really awesome it's also crazy too when you tie it in with the thought of like So we've been doing a little bit of uh, like researching on just kind of understanding semen retention a little bit better. And they talk about that, the creative energy and your sexual energy being tied to one another. And yeah, when you release, you are letting go of all of that creative nature where instead learning how to harness it and put it into something um, Mm -hmm. like your workout or whatever is where you start to grow your consciousness levels and all of that. So it's, it's just so cool to hear all of this tied together <laughs> and, you know, just see how it all relates with one another. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear, like, if you guys have any thoughts about um, any of my series, because I like hearing people, what, what people's first impressions are or, or how they feel about the series in general. I was definitely impressed with the photos. Like I, I, I know I said it before, but I, that was the thing I was a little worried about just cause I was like, you know, you don't really know what to expect when you're kind of flipping through people's yeah. people's intimate moments. But the photos I was the most impressed with because you can tell there's thought put behind them and you mm-hmm. can tell that um, there, there was creativity taken, you know, it wasn't just let me show off my cock. Let me show <laughs> off this, you know, it's like, there's, yeah. You, you have to look at the photo and really kind of see what's going on. It doesn't just hit you with what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, and I also, I find actually that's a common thread in a lot of my artwork is this like um, ambiguity between like seeing, oh yeah, that's like definitely a dick or whatever and and kind of, forcing the perspective or changing something so that it, it does make you sit with it a bit longer and it's borders on the abstract. Like I think my pornograms yeah. especially are a really good example of that uh, being somewhere between the abstract and, and the explicit. 
Which is perfect because then people can sit and like actually get lost. Like those are my favorite type of artists, the people who can Mm -hmm. put something there and you just, you can sit and you can stare at it and just like, you know, it creates Mm -hmm. that meditative space of like connecting things for you. Yeah, it also allows uh, a bit more for each, it makes it easier for each individual to have their own kind of reaction to the artwork. Whereas if you are very literal with, with your uh, treatment of forms and things, you know, it's, it very leaves little to the imagination where there, when there's some ambiguity, like two people could come in and read my work totally, completely different ways. And, and I think that's actually kind of interesting. I'm probably some artists wouldn't want that, but I like that. Um, I like that my work kind of can, can form and fit to each individual person. What well, also opens it up for discussion, which is really nice because there's so many artworks that people go and be like, oh yeah, this is what it is. And everyone's like, okay, cool. That's yeah. what it is. Well, yeah. With these, it's like, well, I see this, but I see this. Okay. How do you see that? Why do you see that? And it actually sparks conversation, which I think is mm-hmm. what, like you said in the beginning, that's what art's supposed to do. It's supposed to invoke emotion or ideas in us. And if everybody has the same idea, it's boring. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do. I'm kind of curious. So your first artwork that you had was actually the censored one. Yeah. What inspired you to do that? Because that's freaking cool, because especially in America. (laughs) Well, and that was a while ago, too, which is even cooler to me, because like, yeah, censorship's a huge topic now. But you did this way back in what, 2014, 2015? Yeah. So this was I created this series uh, just after I got back from France, actually. So, so uh, seeing those, seeing the, the lack of censorship there and then coming back and I was like, I have to, to make something about this. Like why, why are male nipples different from female nipples? I don't understand how society has warped our view. Uh, like Instagram, I'm thinking of Instagram. I'm going to call out Instagram for for being so against these female nipples is like the most evil thing you could possibly see but then like a guy can be shirtless right this it's the most ridiculous yeah. thing we we had some issues with that back in high school on our cross country team all the girls got really upset because it was north carolina and it's hot out and all the mm-hmm. guys are like fuck yeah we can take our shirts off this is fucking great yeah. the girls still have to wear at least sports bras and they're like this isn't fair make the boys have to wear shirts and we're like how about we just make the girls not wear shirts <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that if you guys like really want to make it fair like let's make it fair but don't punish everybody <laughs> yeah yeah i i do wish that there was less stigmatism i i think europe definitely has the upper hand in terms of not making it to be such this like deviant thing Mm-hmm. we're all human well, we're all bodies 50 percent right. of us have tits 50 percent of us have dicks more or less right so it's like, exactly why all this gumption and all hullabaloo for our own natural bodies and, right. and i'm i'm kind of curious because you were raised raised in a very a very religious and conservative home and i'm wondering how much of that really plays a role especially when you look at religions like roman catholic who are a very fear-based religion Mm-hmm. Um, how that affects society and culture. Yeah, I mean, I think that the way I see it, American culture uh, and society is heavily influenced by Christianity um, from even into like the laws that we have, right? It's like 
Um, it's everywhere. And for whatever reason, you know, the Christianity has decided that the human body is, is bad, is shameful, that we should be, uh, hide it. So we should hide our bodies. Like, um, and yeah. And then that's, that's absorbed into us from a very young age, at least into me. I mean, you know, depending on your, where you grew up or how you grew up. Um, and so even from a young age, you, you kind of are, you think that way you're internalizing like, okay, my body is bad. I need to hide it. And then that leads to like, also, um, feeling ashamed of the way our body looks too. And that ties into like, even like society in the form of like magazines and things telling us how our bodies should look and stuff. So yeah, it's like, it's a, it's deep. All of this stuff is deep rooted in our society and like getting it better fixed, getting it <laughs> people to yeah. relax. Like, I don't even know, like that's a, that's a huge hill to climb, but yeah, I think, I, think I mean, you're doing it trying. though with your projects, you are doing it. Cause people, it gives people an opportunity to look at these things from not necessarily the over sexualized aspect, but just the, you know, observing aspect of like, mm-hmm. oh shit, like we do all have skin and genitals and, and we're rolls not, and fat. And yeah. And yeah. Skin. Not so different. We're just a right. bunch of mushy blobs all together. Right. <laughs> and the other thing that, that kind of um, inspired that series. So let me just really quickly explain what it is. Um, it's photos of nude bodies, uh, which then I used a marker um, and drew on them like, badly censoring them or or um it's, almost, like almost how, censored. it's more like outlining <laughs> almost or just like having the sensor bar a little skew like yeah. oh, i hope you got it right <laughs> or yeah or like like how small can our sensor bar be you know like can i just cover up uh like just the nipple like is that good enough or like how much of the boob does it need to cover like <laughs> where where is this line that we've decided like this okay, is okay to show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, you crossed it. There you go, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also then like it gets even more complicated because if you take a nude and you put it in an artistic context, then suddenly a lot more people are okay. Like all of a sudden it could be the same photo, but if it's art quote unquote artistic, right. Yeah, uh, people's perception completely switches. Yeah, it is, and it's crazy. It's like no, that's like that's a human body still. Like yeah. it, nothing has changed, just the lighting. Well, it's funny because so when uh, this was before, sorry to bring in pop culture, but before Halsey had her baby, she took that photo and posted with one of her boobs out and the child on her lap, and it wasn't even her child first of all, and she was trying to promote post maternal bodies. Mm-hmm. and instagram didn't flag the photo at all her entire tit is out and i'm like but i get flagged for posting artistic nudity even though it's yeah. fully watercolor and i still get flagged for it but she can post her her or her even the, post or baby even the nipple ones, that isn't yeah. post baby nipple or even the like, ones what? that you post that are like it's like it's an animation and it's like lines and you see the girl and she's making the motion of blowing someone. And like, if you squinted, <laughs> you could put it together. 
Yeah. Like, not really anything <laughs> explicit going on there. And they're like, oh, nope, you can't post that. Right. And I'm like, yeah. so you're a music artist. So that's why your tit is just art. <laughs> <laughs> and not even factual art. It's, it's, you haven't even had your baby yet. I'm you like, this is not post maternal body. Stop it. <laughs> that line of the people. Do you, do you think with, with movements like yours versus movements like that, that there is, is a time where the pendulum will shift back and people will start to be, to realize that like, it's okay to be naked? I, I hope so. And I, I think, I, I think so, because I think that's kind of, if you look at society throughout history, like over time, there, there are these swings um, back and forth one way and the other. You can look at it politically. You can see it artistically with artistic movements, like one movement will swing one way and then the next will swing the opposite. Right. It's just kind of natural to this back and forth. Yeah, we're seeing it in the music industry right now versus uh, back in the 90s, you had to have a label sign you to now we have all these independent artists who can just put their shit up on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, in a few years or 100 years or whatever, it'll swing back the other way. You know, it's just kind of unfortunately our existence is contradictory. And so we keep uh swinging back and forth from extreme to extreme it's like mom mentality oh everyone's going this way hurry let's run <laughs> yeah exactly sheep being herded this way this way this way nope nope redirect we're going this way we're going this way <laughs> <laughs> i mean what? i'm guilty of it too like oh, i absolutely i oh me too yeah <laughs> yeah i didn't i wasn't comfortable like not wearing a bra until um covid happened and then i'm like then it made me realize like i'm literally wearing this uncomfortable thing every day just mm-hmm. because society told me that I have to, but I don't like mm-hmm. it. I hate it. Like, why am I doing it? Then you look into the science of bras and realize it's actually really bad for kids. Yeah. 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 So yeah. then I stopped. <laughs> I was like, this is dumb, but it took a while to like actually be comfortable going outside, like without that barrier on. Yeah. No. And that's, that's like kind of the fucked up part is like, we, we can know in our brains, our educated selves that, that something is fine. Um, but because these things have been ingrained in us, uh, subconsciously from the time we were born, like we, it's still in us and we have to like actively fight against it. And, and when we have reactions to things, we have to think like, okay, so for example, looking at my, my porn work, like looking at it, if you have like an upset reaction, look at yourself, and think mm-hmm. like, why, why am I feeling that way? What did um, it trigger for you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Take a trip down childhood memory lane and figure <laughs> out, all right, what traumatized me when I was a kid? Yeah. yeah. What, yeah. what put this image in this, in this thought in my head to the point where now I'm an adult and I'm still thinking the same way. Yeah. And I'm still, and I'm an adult and I'm mad when I see a lady breastfeeding on Instagram. Right, right. right. It's like just natural. Or like, you're, or you're in Europe and you oversexualize naked bodies, and it's like, wait, why am I, why am I doing that? Why am I so conditioned yeah. to believe that just because I see a naked body, I should be turned on? Yes, exactly. Or I need to stare at it, like. <laughs> right, or I need yeah. to interact with it in some way. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just letting bygones be bygones and like admire, and then just you know move along. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't poke. <laughs> it's not for touching what if i do this <laughs> slap <laughs> so i liked what you were what you were saying about 
with all of the, you know, bringing in shame and the religious culture and all of that, because what I've found through when I started creating this podcast a year ago, um, I started to really learn that our sexual energy is so insanely powerful. And from what I've studied, like, I feel like it's one of the most powerful energies that we as individuals can have. And it also incorporates the creativity and all of that. So yeah, it's just so beautiful to me to see that like we're learning sexual energy more. And I like, I think that's why so many religions have tried to pull us away from understanding our own Mm. thinking and our own interpretation. And instead they're like, no, 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 we'll tell you, we'll we'll tell you how it is. We'll tell you. They're they're afraid of it. Yeah. 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 They're afraid of it. Right. Exactly. Because it's powerful and it makes all of us as individuals understand our own body, our own vessel, and Mm -hmm. then what we're emitting into the world outside of understanding ourselves first. And so it's like all of this has taught us to not understand ourselves first. And then we're all kind of running at each other with like chickens with their heads cut off. Like (laughs) understand the world, but we don't even understand ourselves. I'm horny and overly creative and I'm, and I'm ashamed of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And what a terrible thing to be ashamed of because those things feel so good and they are good for you. They're incredibly good for you. I I think sex has been downplayed and and pushed away because of that reason. Cause I mean, individually our energy and our our minds are able to do so much but the power of coming together with someone else and an opposite polarity a male female just generates so much more electricity and energy and can be put to so much more use so if people actually learned how to tap into that energy mm-hmm. and like we were talking about earlier actually practice semen retention like i we would be in such a different world right now there would not be this fear-mongering there would be so much more love and understanding and compassion because people would would be more connected on an intimate level instead of yeah. going to the Internet and going to these outside external sources. Well, yeah. And also, it's not just the male, female. It, it is very much like the energies that you bring, like polarities. I agree with that. I agree. Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily male, female, because there's there's women who get together and can create the same thing. And there's men who can get together and create the same. Exactly. Thing. And in relationships, there's people who have more of a masculine, more of a feminine, or there's people who just carry both very well. But yeah, it's just mm. it, like being able to have that appreciation and understand one another and then like harness it. So that way we're no longer battling, but we're actually like using the force yeah, yeah. <laughs> becoming Jedi's in our own rights <laughs> yeah that would be sweet if you can move objects through your sex powers that'd be awesome right oh, man, I, telekinesis would be cool i mean <laughs> sex magic manifestation dick, is dick a real thing dickinesis, dickinesis. Oh, no. the power to move things with your cock oh god <laughs> i got two minds why not <laughs> i got two heads that's what they always say right two heads, two brains God, no wonder guys are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Impulse control, non-existent. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we digress. <laughs> no, it's all good. Okay, where were we? Is there anything else that you'd like to highlight? You have so much like, oh, I didn't even see this one. We're looking at your... Um... Your fruit. Oh, yeah. So these are a bunch of uh, still life photos combination of fruit and like uh naked people body parts um and it was really just kind of a experimentation with or a play on this idea of the still life 
like um and and also um like either back to normalizing like the body like is this normalizing the body by putting it into a still life using it like um just another piece of fruit or just another whatever or is it sexualizing fruit like which way does this go like, oh interesting mm, that's very interesting because i was i was gonna say because whenever you go in the grocery store there's there's always people laughing at the shapes and there's always the people want to make people yeah. uncomfortable and buy like a cucumber and a tub of vaseline and go check out <laughs> so it's like yeah. so what level like it goes back to your whole perception of art some people are going to see this as erotic and some people are like oh yeah. okay he's got extra decorations in there yeah, yeah right yeah and it's also interesting because like a lot of fruit is like sexual um it is yeah i mean just look at all the references in hollywood and in different yeah. things with women putting oranges and like the way you mm -hmm. finger them and the way the juices come out the way they're shaped yeah so it's it's really interesting to me like this connection between fruit and uh the erotic or the sexual um, so that's another connection that I was making. Yeah, I feel like it really brings brings the human context back to nature and back to how we're all from nature. We're all originated from here and we're all it's it's normal. It's what we are. It's right. It's we all start from the same design. Like, yeah, we all start from a right. seed and we become a big fruit. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have trouble finding models for for when you do projects like this one or are people pretty open to to or, being part of it? For this project, I um, think I just put up flyers. Okay. Um, and then, Old school. yeah, I I got like a bunch of interested people. Um, nice. I was on like a college campus, so I think that has that definitely um, helps. Part of yeah, helps a bit. Um, you know, people wanting to try something new and whatever. Well, especially um, when you get more open-minded. Yeah. I, I mean, I, f I feel like a lot of people who go to college definitely come from conservative backgrounds and from from more like homes of like parents who are who have been in the system for a long time and maybe have those negative views. So like mm -hmm. it was the same for me when I got to college. I was like, wait, I can do whatever I want. I can experiment. I can play. So yeah. that's that's those people like, oh, I finally have a chance to develop my own self, my own likes, my own interests. Let me go play with the world for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do uh, you guys create anything? Susie definitely does. Susie's more of the artistic creative in our relationship. Um, she does a lot of artwork, a lot of painting. Um, I, I, I'm a little creative. I'm more creative in a logical sense of like creating plans, creating things to mm -hmm. do. Um, I'll, I'll doodle here and there. Um, I do do photography. I, I love photography. I love taking pictures, but I mostly stick to nature and trees and leaves and water. Like <laughs> crafting and, stuff. Like, and crafting stuff. I, like I went through a, a Warhammer phase, so that was there's a lot mm -hmm. of painting. Yeah. In that, but I'm I'm more of like let's play board games and hang out than more of like I want to create something. Yeah, but I, I do feel like um, I'm listening to um, this podcast that um ben folds is doing I love and ben folds yeah he's amazing he's and, so and funny it's all about um like creativity and how creative people create and he, but he doesn't just have artists and musicians he also 
um, talks to like scientists and politicians and comedians and things. And you really, uh, something that he, he talks about a lot is there's not really any profession or any, any person that isn't creative in some sense. I mean, yeah. everybody is, is creating, like, even if you're a student in elementary school and you're writing, practicing your handwriting, like that's creation. Or creativity. Even, yeah. yeah. And you, you use, you make creative decisions um, all the time in, in every profession, I think. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. We, we were definitely born. I feel like even cooking is creative. Cooking oh, can be very creative if you know how to put the right spices and the right things together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The imagination that some chefs have when they put together a menu is just extraordinary and they put things together. Mm-hmm. You're like, how did that work? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> magic. Yeah. Food porn. I, I will say I do. I do notice a difference in level of creativity based on like taking care of my body. So like back to the chakra thing, like if I'm taking care of my root chakra and I'm being physically active, I'm taking care of myself, I'm eating the right foods, I'm putting the right nutrition in my body. I do find that I am more creative and have more of that creative energy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think there is a big part of that. You see so many people, and especially in America, there's such an obesity rate and such a Mm -hmm. health crisis that there's a lot of creativity that I feel stifled because of that. Versus yeah. you see the people who, you know, eat decently, take decent care of their body, their their creativity is usually a little bit more expressed. Hmm. So yeah, I, I do feel like we're all intended to create, but I feel like if you're not taking care of yourself, it it definitely makes it harder to. But at the same time, once you start creating, it like flips a switch that just creates like a yeah. vortex of creativity moving forward. Yeah, I, I noticed that like if I'm I mean, I'm, I'm really lazy, unfortunately, but when I do finally, you know, get myself to paint or to do something creative, like I, I love it and I'm taken to a different space and like, I could just do it forever, but it's yeah. just that getting into it and like just starting, starting. Yeah. That is really difficult. And, uh, so, so also part of, something that I liked about my masturbation series is that I had no choice. Like I set these rules for myself and I said, I'm going to create every time I jack off. And so it was like a nice uh, thing that consistently pushed me to create um, so that I had an excuse and I had to do it. There was no like, uh, I'll do it tomorrow or anything like that. that. Balance balance of discipline and flow. Uh Mm-hmm. Well, now that the project's over, did you notice that like when because like, you know, you're no longer documenting your masturbations, but did you notice any like creativity spikes afterwards? Because you kind of spent a year conditioning yourself to be creative after. Right. No, that's what I was thinking. Like, um, as I was doing this series, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm literally conditioning myself to either like feel creative when I'm horny or like get horny when I'm creative. Yeah. (laughs) But, but uh, I haven't no, no long-term effects so far of of the project, but um, yeah, I I was interested to see if that would happen. I wonder if, if the project went on longer, if it, if it would, if it could, I wonder what that, that time of becoming habitual 
But it, it's also because you, if you look at your schedule, it wasn't like you, it wasn't an everyday thing. It was definitely more sporadic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was scheduled, but it wasn't. So like, I wonder if it was like a 21 day run of creativity after always. I wonder if that would do it. Exactly. Cause I feel like the consistency yeah, consistent. of a day-to-day basis versus the consistency of like once a week, twice a week is very different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And Which I, is but good I feel though, like that's, it didn't turn into addiction, you know? Right. And I feel like that's also how my creative impulses come to. They, they come at random times, like, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you just kind of have to go with it. And when you feel that, like you feel that spark, you have to create because you got to jump on those opportunities, at least for me, because other times I'm just too lazy and I can't, it's so hard to make yourself when you're not in the artistic mindset and you try and create, it is almost always terrible. (laughs) It's almost always terrible. And it hurts the ego too. Cause you're just like, Oh yeah, exactly. Anything that's forced is going to be uncomfortable. Yes, exactly. So you really, you have to feel that at least for me, I have to feel that, uh, in that creative space before I start making, because if I just like try and force myself, it usually turns out terrible. Are there, are there any things that you do or like, like, uh, moments where, you know, you can kind of control or like, um, maybe push yourself into a creative, yeah. Mode. Push yourself mm-hmm. into a creative mode. Yeah. I think actually like smoking weed really <laughs> helps me yeah. get into a creative space. Um, do you, do you smoke regularly or is it just every once in a while when you want to feel creative? Pretty regularly. Yeah. Okay. I was curious cause we, we smoke weed every day. And, and I find for me, just because I've been such a habitual smoker that I've, I feel like sometimes I've almost kind of like lost that feeling oh, of creativity yeah. when stoned. Yeah. It, it, it's not every time, right. Because sometimes I smoke and I just want to like lay on the couch and eat chips, but, <laughs> but sometimes it hits right. And that, that gets me going. One of yeah. my favorite things, I think it's from the movie or from the book, Big Magic, but I'm not 100% sure. But she basically talks about um, these ideas that come to people. She says that they're almost like their own individual entities. And so when you honor that it came to you and you run with a creative idea, um, it was meant for you. But then those days where like you have this idea, it keeps coming to you, it keeps coming to you and you don't do anything with it. It goes to someone else. And then, so that's like when down the road, you're like, I had the greatest idea. And now this person (laughs) is just running, doing so well with it. That was my idea first. (laughs) And so it like puts this appreciation with those moments where the creative comes in and you're like, I want to do something with this. Don't go to no one else. I want you. Yeah. (laughs) My idea. Yeah. My idea. No, I have to, I, when I, I always have this little notebook with me and whenever I get like inspiration or I get an idea, I have to, I write it down because, and because if I don't, I'll forget first of all. And second of all, um, like if I, I have so many projects that I want to do that, like, I need to, I need to start like actually doing them. I have more ideas than I have like the ability to, uh, create. And so I, I, for me, like I, I need, I have, the the part that I struggle with is like actually creating the work because in a way creating the work so that other people can see, because in a way for me, like art is all about the idea. And so 
sometimes when I've had the idea, um, it feels like, oh, like I've, it's complete. In my mind, mind, I've already done, I've already created that, you know, I can see it, but, but then, you know, I have to like, be like, okay, but if I want other people to experience this and to share this, then I have to actually make uh, the the photos. I got to put the pen to the paper. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Let that genius come out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Mold yourself. (laughs) There's so much here. I feel like we could talk to you forever. Um, but <laughs> is is there anything else that you want to add or that Ben wants to add? I'm fascinated by your work and I really hope that more people start to see it and we kind of start to lift this veil of ew, naked body or ooh, yeah. naked body instead of like, oh, <laughs> oh, naked body. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I'm I'm very looking forward to seeing what else you come out with over the next couple of years and how that traction and momentum that you gain. I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, oh, I'm excited too, and I'm excited to, to keep listening to your guys's podcast. You got some some really interesting uh, conversations, and yeah, like <laughs> we we talked about at the beginning, like these are these are important things to talk about, and. Mm-hmm you know, we might not have like the biggest stage, the biggest audiences, but you, we need to, we need to talk about it whenever we can and, and just normalize talking about these things because it's not going to change until everybody is confronted with, with looking at themselves and their uh, own biases and opinions on things and, and confront whether that's like actually something they believe, or is that just something that you have been taught by society? Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like it's not just for sex too. It's for sex, oh, religion, yes. politics, money, race. everything that we've always been told. Don't, race, no, don't talk about that. Don't talk mm-hmm. about that. I'm like, no, okay. Now that now's the time where we need to be aware of this and having, these well, how about we talk about it before we shame people on it? And I think exactly. that's where yes. we need to get everyone's so quick to just throw their shame and throw their opinion but they're not so quick to ask questions and they're not so quick to, to dig deeper and give perspective mm-hmm. over opinion, you know? Yes. Yes, exactly. Put yourself, put yourself in somebody else's shoes and like try yeah. and understand everybody's perspective. Like and genuinely try and understand. Yeah, yeah. Not just to get through it. Not to be like, okay, I heard you. I heard your opinion. No, I know. But like right. actually sit there and ask questions and be like, okay, well, why do you think this way? How do you think this way? How did you come to this conclusion? What yes, stigmas exactly. in society led you to believe this? What would change your mind? Or can you look at this? Would you look at that? And actually having open discussions about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to see how the porn industry changes because I feel like, uh, you know, you have so many people on the one end who are like, no, 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 it's just bad. But you have so many people on the sexually creative end that are like, there's aspects of it that are can be beautiful when done in right. the correct way. Yeah. When it goes to right. our philosophy, there, there's no bad or good. They're just, mm-hmm. there just is. And your interpretation of it is what yes. creates that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes, awesome. exactly. Well, thank you so much again, Ben. Yeah, it was ben, really a pleasure you. talking with you. Yeah, it was great talking with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, Ben. Talk to you later. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I love and appreciate you all. Please, if you don't already, go follow us on Instagram. I will put the links below so that I don't have to spell them out for you. Um, If you like to follow photography, if you like to see some of the artists that we promote, that's mostly what we do on Instagram. We really like to promote artists, artwork, anything in the erotic sexual range that will get a shadow banned, but we still like to promote it because it's beautiful and it's sensual and there's so much about the body that 
we just need to accept and fall back in love with and stop shaming ourselves over and that's what this is all about so I hope that you guys you know I hope you guys can take something positive from the message that you know artists like us are trying to push forward um anyways yes please go follow us links are below don't be afraid to reach out to us don't be afraid to contact us about anything you want to hear on the show any ideas you may have for us um it is holiday season so i do hope all of you are taking care of yourself and surrounding yourself with love be it with family or chosen family or even just yourself because sometimes isolation is love um especially if the people who are in your life are doing nothing but draining you it's okay to accept some time alone and appreciate that too um but anyway however you're spending your holidays i hope you are safe and i hope you're surrounded by love um we are a bit of a little bit of bomb bah humbugs so i think that our next episode is going to be around seven deadly sins and how we relate it to the holidays talk to you soon